0: Yo 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 yo! Welcome to episode number twenty-five of the Basketball Card Podcast. I am your host, the Twenty Seven Guy. I uh, am grateful that you download the podcast today. We're we're on the we're on the eve of the biggest sports memorabilia uh, week or a uh, couple of days of the year. The Nationals starts in something like sixteen hours. I think I just saw from the. National Sports Collectors Convention website. Looks like zero days, 16 hours, 37 minutes and 6 seconds. I am super jealous of those of you who are there. I'd love to be able to pull myself away from work. Um, it's a particularly busy time at work for us right now. I'm hoping maybe I can make it next year. I don't know where it is next year, but um, it would be nice if if the Nationals would come West at some point. I'm definitely a West Coast guy. Um, and so, Vegas? Vegas? Anyone? That would be great. Uh, But uh, anyway, thank you again for downloading the podcast. The numbers have been awesome. I want to thank you guys who have been listeners, especially those of you who have been listeners since the beginning. Uh, For those of you who are listening for the first time or maybe one of the first times, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, please recommend, uh, recommend it to a friend if you like it. Also, if you like it, if you could give it five stars or an A plus plus or whatever it is on iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is, um, uh, that would be really great. Um, and yeah, for those of you who are at the nationals, have have an absolutely awesome time. Um, I uh, back to the, the the podcast thing real quick. Uh, it's it's been growing, like I say, and the numbers have been good. The questions I've had a lot more. It's actually been like slightly overwhelming. For those of you who I have not responded to, I sincerely apologize, um, but I will get I will get back to that. Uh, like I said, it's just been really busy at work, and I was tempted to pass again this week, but but there were some things that I wanted to talk about this week. I didn't want to miss it. Um, I I think that um, it's surprising that the numbers have been as good as they have, given that the off season is. Um, you know is here and there's really no basketball news maybe that's why people are listening is because they need to get their basketball fill I know for me if I was listening to a podcast like this I would be more apt to, to listen to it during the offseason uh, I think that's because that's because you've got to get your fill up with basketball if you're a basketball head like me um, a hoop head like me Uh, you need to get it somewhere, and whether it be basketball or basketball cards or or, or something of the sort, I've just got to always be learning about that stuff. So, uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Um, And like I said, tell somebody else about it. Follow me at The27Guy on Twitter. You can tweet me there. If you have anything you want to talk about, that'd be great. If you'd like me to put any specific requests out via the uh, podcast, um, things that you're looking for, uh, collections, or if you want me to spotlight you in any way, let me know. I, I, I attempted to do that one other point, and no one really had any interest in it. Um, I only attempted to do it because other people had the idea that it might be fun. Maybe I just tried it on the wrong episodes, but whatever. If you guys if you guys have anything there, please let me know. Um, before we get to our main topic, I want to say, um, now that we've gone through this introduction stuff, that this this episode today is largely going to be about... Um, the Michael Jordan rookie craze that is currently going on. And I want to, you know, I, ha- I obviously have my own stance on that and I want to hit that. But I also want to be fair to sort of all parties and present what I see is sort of valid and important information. But before we get to that, I wanted to give a quick update on the collection as it's become known as the 400 slash 5 maybe 600,000 card collection that I'm in the process of going through um, there's a lot of backstory to that I don't want to rehash a lot of that I just want to say that where I am right now is I've, I've, I've brought probably 75 to 80 percent of it to my house and I've gone through all of that and I've sorted through and found the stuff that, um, that basically needs to go on eBay um, individually on eBay in a lot and, um, and then all the other stuff is just in one big group. The stuff that's going to be lotted up are various sort of insert sets, basically stuff that's only going to sell for over $100, though. So. Um, like, for example, the Top Stars 1996 refractor partial set, um, the John Stockton Carl Malone game-used lots. All, all of the um, numbered inserts or refractors um, will be in their own individual lots. All of the, um, oh, I should say, miscellaneous numbered cards and mis- miscellaneous insert card cards, miscellaneous uh, numbered cards, and refractor-, refractor cards. If they, if I, if I looked at them and, and thought that there was very good chance that they would suffer over eight dollars individually, then I, I will I will send those ones um, to Probstein to be consigned. They'll all go. They'll all go at the same time. And um, and for those of you who, are, who have been asking, hey, do you have this, do you have that? If I have that stuff, I, what I'm trying to avoid doing is sending out a million little packages and going to the post office a million times. And so I, I really want to just send most of it to Probstein, do maybe 10 or 15 other lots. Like I said, um, refractors, inserts, game used, Stockton Malone, Stockton Malone, rare stuff. Uh, Maybe we'll do one really rare insert uh, lot that's just filled with a ton of cards that would sell for like five bucks individually on eBay. Um, A Kobe lot and a Jordan lot. Um, And then there will be a couple of like little baseball lots too. Um, But 90, probably 95% of his stuff is basketball. And so that's what I'm focusing on. Um, Besides that stuff that goes to him, or the individual cards and the lots. Everything else, I don't know what I'm gonna do with that at this point. I've had a couple of people sort of inquire about that. Somebody, um, I'm going to just let somebody take the rest of that from me, though, yeah, um, for a song. I'm thinking of doing like a thousand bucks for the whole thing, which may end up being a thousand dollars for five hundred thousand cards. I just don't have the time in my life to be able to 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 turn that into what I need to turn it in. in into to make money on it, to do the team lots, player lots, individual partial sets, individual full sets. I don't want to piece anything out five and ten dollars at a time. That's not what my job is and the guy who's the previous owner who's sharing with me in the proceeds of the of the collection um, also understands that that's not what I'm willing to do. So um, if you have any interest in that or if you want to rent a U-Haul and uh, drive to Utah and pick it up, I'm game. So um PM me via blowout. Let me know if you have questions on that. I, I really just am going to let somebody make a couple thousand bucks off that and not going to try because it's, again, I don't have the time in my life right now. So I need to pick up those last few boxes. We'll go through there. We'll let you know if there's anything else that's awesome. And I will also let you guys know when the stuff goes up on Probe Steam, uh, either via blowout or via the podcast or via both or whatever. So that's that. Whew flew through that as fast as I could. I know it took forever, but I went through it as fast as I possibly could. I want to make sure we're still recording. Okay, we're still good. To our main topic of the day. Michael Jordan, rookie time. My background with the 1986-87 Fleer set is I started putting it together when I was probably seven uh, years old, maybe eight, and would take my weekly allowance and go into my local card store and would pay $2 a common card, sometimes less if they weren't in good condition. And slowly I put together the set until I had 131 of the 132 cards, and you can guess which one was the last one that I needed to get. And I finally got one um, in an amazing sort of long story for $27 when I was probably 12 years old. And I completed it. So by the age of 12, I completed the 1986-87 Fleer set. That was like 1995. The Jordan Rookie at that point had a Beckett book value of like $800. Um, And uh, mine has like five or six creases in it. I've owned, I don't even know how many since then. Um, I've owned, uh, in the last couple of years, I, I had a couple graded. One of them was a nine that I thought should have been a nine five that I sent to Beckett. Didn't really want to deal with it anymore. I remember I moved it for fifteen hundred bucks, which now seems like that was not a good move. Uh, It's worth a lot more than that now. Um, But I've owned other high, high, uh, nice, high end nice ones. I've owned middle of the range ones. And I see it as an extremely important, um, important card iconic card, it is the iconic basketball card, okay, it's a super important card, and um, my background with it is I like the set, I mean, I don't just like the set, I love that set, it's the one thing in my collection that I've had, you know, since I was a kid, I still own the set, I still own my original Carmelone and my original Michael Jordan, and um, that's one thing, that's one set that I'll never move, probably the one piece of my collection that I'll never move is that set, so, that's a little bit about, about my background on the set. Um, I posted on Blowout yesterday a, um, a new thread, and I called it My Michael Jordan Rookie Card Thread, or something like that. Um, and I'm going to open it right now. And um, it has had, looks like, about... I think about 16 or 17, uh, well, there have been 16 to 17 new Michael Jordan rookie card threads started over the course of the last four days. And to be fair, some of them are, hey, check out my Jordan card, like mail day stuff. You all know I love a good mail day, so I can't give anybody a hard time for doing that. But lots of those, lots of What's going on with this Jordan? I'm so sad. I sold my Jordan. I'm hurting right now. I I had a Jordan and I sold it. Um, is this fake? Is this real? Is this shield? Is this like just lots and lots of focus, lots of energy, going into talking about Michael Jordan rookie cards right now, which is awesome since the card is 30 years old, um, and we'll talk about that more in a sec. Um, I posted this and. Um, Then I had some people say some things and one person wrote, I hope that this thread gets used. And I wrote, it won't. We will get another six MJ threads tomorrow. We only got two, by the way, so I was way wrong. Um, Obviously, it was exaggerating with the six, but whatever. And then I wrote, it's like an infectious disease. It's like the Steph Curry tops rookie crap all over again. Promote, speculate, report new high sales, and get excited. Only unlike Steph, there is absolutely no reason for the recent craze. The Steph market had something to do with the events of the day. It was fake. I called that out too then. And those of you who've listened to the podcast all along know that I did. Talked about that one for several episodes. Talked about why it would crash. And it did. Um, but then I wrote, but at least it was based on something. This isn't the first time we've seen this with Jordan. This isn't the first time his prices have been manipulated in mass. There are thousands and thousands of Jordan rookies. I have personally owned at least a dozen, maybe more, but the the more people talk about them here on Blowout, and since eBay completed sales is the new Beckett, people believe they're on fire. This is my subject for tomorrow night's podcast, if anyone's interested, the Jordan rookie market and the bubble it is. And so that's where we are. A couple of really good comments after this from some of the smarter people on the board. Uh, Justin Alabama Slama, gotta be like the smartest guy on the boards. Lot lot smarter than me. Smart smart dude. Um, talks about how much he likes the uh, having the Jordan threads. So there are lots of people who um, have them. He talked about uh, he talked about the PSA epidemic, and and he appreciates that data. And I'm totally with him on that. I love those threads. Understanding what's going on wrong in the hobby is super important and what we found recently is there's a lot of uh, forgeries going on um, that are that appear to be real and appear to be sealed in the PSA cases where they're not they've been uh, made to look that way Um, and so PSA has attempted um, over the course of the last few years through changing holograms and whatnot to make this more difficult but we're still seeing some of the old cases pop up we're still seeing people buy th- buy into things that aren't real, and so I'm completely with Justin on that. I think that's a great great point. And then another one of the really smart guys on the board on the boards. I don't know his first name. His his uh, calls his uh, username is GC1980. Um, quoted part of what I said, saying the Steph market had something to do with the events of the day and. Um, And he said, so only active players can see increases in demand and spikes in prices? Question. Um, Just because a player has been retired, their card should remain static? He said, I can think of a few reasons aside from some conspiracy theories that may contribute to the increase in demand for Jordan rookies. He's absolutely right. Um, He's, again, I've been on the boards long enough to know who some of the really smart people are, and he's one of the best. He understands vintage um, good brain good 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 brain so um, at least from my perspective super smart guy and I don't mean I don't mean that in any bad way both both those guys are really smart and so I want to talk about some of these things Um, I think there are lots of reasons why the Jordan rookie card is very important and why it has increased in value some very legitimate reasons and I think it's important to talk about those and I'm going to talk about them first because I I want to be fair and I want to look at all sides of an argument. And I'm willing to be taught, too, right? I think where we get in trouble in all aspects of life is when we really think we know everything. And we say, this is how it is, and I'm sticking to it. When we get new information, we need to be willing to change with that. And so, but based on the information that I have so far, I've um, kind of created an opinion, um, developed an opinion on 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 what's happening, and that's what I want to share today. So, but before that reasons why people are jumping on the card. It's the iconic basketball card. Okay, it is the number one most forged number one most popular player number one most popular set. It is the card. Okay, it is the Michael Jordan rookie card and it's awesome. Um, I think a lot of people have become very disenfranchised with the current state of the hobby and yearn for the awesomeness of yesteryear people don't we've seen the spike in Chrome type cards non autographed non game used people like going back right now to something they're familiar with right I think a lot of this has to do with some of the patch faking some of the shilling some of the manipulation on the current stuff manipulation is rampant people become sick of that and they say I, I still, I've got this money that I'd like to keep in sports cards. You know, maybe they've sold part of their collection or whatever, and they want to put it in something they feel like is more safe. And so they look and they say, "Wow, the Jordan rookie." You know, I've heard this over and over again. The, you know, the only place, safe place, you can put your money in this hobby is in Jordan rookies. I've heard that over and over again. I just, I cringe when I hear that because nothing is safe when it comes to investments of this nature. Nothing is safe. And if that's if, if there's one thing we've learned that's the case is when you think that something is sure to continue to go up or even maintain value that's not always true okay it's more true of vintage for sure um i digress anyway so you know most popular card most popular player um, people being disenfranchised with the current state of the hobby um, wanting to move away from panini we saw this with the steph curry tops rookie too people wanting to get behind something that wasn't Panini because there's so many people out there that really just despise Panini for what it has done and who they are and uh, what they what they've done to the hobby. Um, I am not one of those people. I'm willing to call a spade a spade and say where they do things well and where they do things poorly. For example, I love the gala rookies numbered eight. I hate the rest of the gala set. The base set's cool but besides the base set it just doesn't do anything for me. The Logo Man that are horizontal, I think they intentionally do that so that they can keep the other prices of their products high. They knew when they created that that it wasn't going to be great. And the resale after you're opening these products is just, it's its the definition of a bloodbath. It's terrible. So there's good and there's bad, man. There's there's They're doing some things that are good. They're doing some things that are bad. But I think what it all comes down to is money. The NBA charged an exceedingly high dollar amount for the license that was unprecedented, right? Right probably based on what Panini was willing to pay to get into the market. And they took the market. The market's theirs now. And so, you know, what happens? They've got to make money. They've got to create products. And they've made a lot of them. They saw very early on that their products that they were able to produce that cost $120 other than the prisms and selects, or prisms and those sort of chromium cards haven't sold well. Everything besides that that's in that price range, is what I'm trying to say, has not sold well. And so they look for other options. And what it came down to, I think, is they can sell some Noir. They can sell some Lux. They can sell some Gala. Even though it's well overpriced, they can do that. And so um, I think people have become very disenfranchised with them, though, for a lot of that. And I get that, but I also get what Panini's done. why they've put some of their really key cards in other sets, in different sets. They don't just have an exquisite, a top-of-the-line, best-of-the-best set. They put some of their best cards in National Treasures, some of their best in Immaculate, some of their best in Eminence. They spread it all out. And then they even put the rarest rookies in a little set, niche set, called Gala, right? They're doing all of these different things to try to keep people interested in the different products so that when they go into the card shop and there's a box of gala sitting on the you know sitting on the shelf that's what they might they might be willing to buy that and so is that good business I've said this a million times is that good business yes do I like it no I hate it I just want a best of the best I want a true clear-cut best rookie card that's the rarest coolest card out there Um, I I want a dual logo man with the best players on it which by the way Looks like they're finally doing the dual Logo Man Autos out of Immaculate. Uh, we don't know if it's just rookies or if there's some stars that are included, but I digress. Uh, that, that has the potential to be really cool. My guess is it's probably just going to be rookies, but I'm going to cross my fingers for a Stockton Malone duel or a Durant Kobe duel or something like that. Ah, Durant Steph. How cool would that be? That would be a really cool card. Anyway, like I said, I digress. So. Um, you know, those are a lot of the reasons why people are jumping on the card. M- jumping on the card. There's, you know, there's other reasons, um, but I think those are the main things. Um, I think people people want to be able to keep their money in sports cards. They want to put it in something safe. They love Jordan. They realize that his, you know, his legend's unlikely to ever be diminished. He's likely to be the best ever. Um, you know, million other reasons too. Great card. Very important. Okay. So, let's talk for a second about the growth of the value or the, the closing amount. I don't want to call it the sales amount because I don't think that's fair, but the closing amounts of PSA 10 Jordans. I would, I would have looked more clearly at 9s and 8s, but there's just there's a lot of data to look at there over the years. Um, What has happened in 10s is similar on 8s and 9s, but it's easier to report to you via this podcast for 10s. So that's what we're gonna hit. So what I looked at was the history of PWCC's cells in Jordan PSA 10 rookie cards. So since um, 2013, there have been 36 Michael Jordan PSA 10 86 FLIR rookies to sell on on PWCC. Uh, the first of which was $9,900 in March of 2013. Okay. So I'm just going to hit I'm going to say the amount and the date of, of, of a few data points. $9,900 March 13, March 2013. $10,100 April 14th. Almost the same. Then a 40% increase from April, 2014 to March, 2015, when it jumped to $14,200 a year later in March of 2016, it jumped another 30% going from 14000 to $18,800, all very large jumps. Clearly some upward tra- trajectory for this card. Then a year and 3 months later it jumped from 18,000 to $43,700 in June of 2016. So what is this so so what does this trajectory look like again? From 13 to 14, almost no change from 14 to 15, about 40%, from 15 to 16, about 30%, from 16 to 16, 3 months later, 250% increase. Take take a sec to digest that, if you haven't looked at that or, or considered that or knew that before. And then what happened is the next three, yes, there have been three PSA 10s that have sold in the two months since that one. All three of them have sold for over $31,000, a far cry from the 43. And so if you're a normal person, what you're saying in, in your mind is, wow. 31 is a lot less than 43 that's not that bad of a deal and it's my belief that that's exactly how somebody who's trying to get you to pay a lot for a card wants you to feel okay think about that Oh, I only had to pay 31,000 that's a deal it was 43,000 back in June that's a scary thought right because like I said back in March it was eighteen thousand eight hundred dollars it's a lot of data to take in there, but you can see what it means. The thing that scares me about something like this is the Jordan PSA Ten is truly um, one of the most uh, one of the best candidates for for a card that should be um, for a card that should be uh, manipulated ever. Um, there are several reasons for this, but um, one of the main reasons is. It is, so, it, it is such an important card, right, like we talked about. There are only... I'm looking it up real quick. Sorry, I'm kind of stalling. Forgive me. There are only in existence... I say only. There's 252... Guys, there's 252 Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie cards. Okay, so if you go back to 2013 and you're able to buy 5, 6, 10 of those... You have some people who are very into them, and they've paid six or seven thousand dollars a few years before that, and they hold them in 2016. And there's this clear upward trajectory happening. And you've got, say, four guys with a total of 15 Jordan PSA ten rookie cards. And they look at each other and they say, "I'm not saying this did happen, by the way. I don't know anything. But let's just let's just create a scenario real quick. We got four guys with." 16 PSA 10 Jordan rookie cards. Okay, that they've acquired for over a hundred thousand dollars over the course of the last several years, uh, going back to 2010. They look at each other and they say, "You know what? We've seen this game played before. Let's play it ourselves. Let's each sell these to each other using one of the consigners. The consigners are great. You guys know how I feel about the consigners based on the other um, podcasts that I've done." They are awesome. Uh, I love the, the service that they provide to the members of our hobby, including us. Both PWCC and Propstein 123 have had great success with them. But one of the downfalls, one of the negatives, is there's not a lot of transparency as far as who owns a card. In fact, there's no transparency unless you're somebody like me who lists them online um, in your bucket beforehand I don't ever have any reason to hide anything part of having cards is being able to say to people hey look check check out what I got isn't this cool don't you like this but a lot of people don't do that a lot of people seek to kind of hide what they have and one of the reasons that they seek to hide what they have is so that later they can be involved in this sort of manipulation we've seen really smart people on the boards call out people who have listed something publicly and then sent it to Promstein and then bid on it themselves Thus, shill bidding and shill bidding on them, shill bidding on the cards themselves. Um, this uh, is a hard thing for Propstein and PWCC. I know they try to, to um, they try to track these things, but they're very hard to to catch and to understand. And um, it's a hard thing to know what to do with those. And so, um, anyway, I digress. Let's go back to the. Let's go back to the the situation so you've got these guys that are like yes i'll list this card through probstein let's have the four of us bid it up the last one went for 16 grand let's bid it up to 20 let's bid it up to 18 whatever and then they may pay for it they may not pay for it um they uh but they they, they may they may actually just say hey yeah i'm gonna i'm i'll, I'll bid bid on this i'll i'll win it and I'll pay for it. And then the consigner has no, no idea what's going on. And there's a basically, there's a small fee at that point. At that point, the percentage isn't something that's ultra um, ultra premium and uh, or ultra material, I should say. Um, and so then the next person says, hey, like three weeks down the line, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And so you've got these four guys that are basically in this ring of bidding these cards up. Well, all of a sudden, one day you hit one that they they go, we're going to go crazy. Let's bid this thing up to 43 grand. Well, keep in mind, three months prior, it was worth 18,000, right? Now you're saying, well, nobody's going to pay the 43 grand though. Nobody's paying that. Well, that might be true. But at that point, a new market has been created. A new norm has been created and people have have become excited about it. People have started talking about it. It's all over blowout, right? It's all over the boards. People think that this is the new market. And they think it's the new market based on this group of people that's come together to then say, you know, we're gonna create these high values. And again, I don't know that this is what's happening. I'm just saying it's really this easy right even if they bite the bullet and are actually paying for the cards after they're bidding on them and they're paying those the small fee that 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 at that point I think is eight percent eight percent on eighteen grand is still a lot of money right we're still talking about sixteen hundred dollars ish but if you can do that two or three times and then not pay for it a couple of times then you have three cards at the end that sell for thirty one $1,000 an increase of $13,000 over just a few months before that that wipes out any fees that you're paying that wipes out or any any fees that they paid to make it look like like this card was like these cards were really appreciating And they then have three real buyers at $31,000. Again, I don't know that this is what's happening, but it's an easy story to tell. It's an easy situation to see happening. Um, And it makes me nervous because I think you've got a lot of these guys who are just saying, hey, I love Jordan. I see his stuff's going up. I'm going to do this. And people are gullible. People pay thousands of dollars for things that aren't worth that. And when you see a card, skip the $43,000 data point in June. When you see a card move from $18,000 in March of 2016 to thirty-one thousand three, four months later, it's still almost doubled for one of the most iconic cards out there. That doesn't make sense. The card's 30 years old and it doubles in value 30 years later over the course of 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 a couple of months. I know I'm not super well spoken, and and uh, you know maybe that maybe that uh, possible uh, possibility um, that I just discussed isn't what's happening, but that doesn't make sense. Double the value in four months is insane, and um, and I, I, I hope that people understand that. I hope that people don't look at the forty three thousand seven hundred dollar mark and then justify their thirty one thousand dollar buys off of that. Again, similar things have happened with both the 8s and the 9s in recent months as well. Okay, So, having said all that, let's talk about some other bubbles in sports cards. I've been around for a lot of them. So, the one that I remember first actually is a weird one. Back in 1995, um, all of the refractors for the first three years of basketball cards were like they were all on fire i remember the common the most common of commons from those sets were selling for five to ten dollars at, at my local card store um larry and then then obviously later they tanked larry johnson rookies i remember his upper deck rookie was twenty dollars at a card shop i watched a guy pay 20 bucks for it it came it went real fast shack rookies um the Michael Jordan Upper Deck incorrectly stamped Slam Dunk card. I believe 1992-93 Upper Deck might be 91. No, I'm pretty sure it's 92-93. Um, the ink or the foil was mixed up between the Jordan and the Dominique Wilkins. That card. I remember in the back it. There were up arrows every month for about a year, and then there were down arrows. There was like two or three months where it stayed, and then it was just down months, down arrows every month for, for like a year. Um, There was the He's Back SP gold and silver insert. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a red version, that was like one in every box. I think it was 1990, gosh what would it have been? 1995? um, 1994? I think 90, man I'm mad mad at myself I don't know this. 94, 95, uh, it started at like 20 or 25 dollars, went all the way up to 150 and came all the way back down again. Um, There was the great um shop at home modesto a's and mother's cookie cards which uh the the shop at home network really publicized and told people they were really cool and nobody knew about them beforehand but because of this um, reach that ken golden had he was able to publicize these cards and they went crazy in value and then obviously just completely crashed uh, along those same lines in basketball there was the Fournier Estrella's Michael Jordan box um, or set it had Michael Jordan had two Michael Jordan cards in it actually but one of them he was selling for crazy amounts of money PSA 10s for three grand and you can find them today for like 25 or 30 dollars and then most recently uh, the most recent bubble that we had was the Steph Curry tops ro- rookie card bubble which again as it was happening uh, if you listen to the smart people in the hobby they looked at it and they said guys this doesn't make sense the sort of supply on this card um, and the, um, the potential demand just don't line up. And so where we had those cards selling for $600 for, uh, for a little while there and for over $400 for a long time, it just didn't make any sense. And now today they sell for about $100, some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower. And that was seriously three months ago. And again, we we could see it as it was happening. So we have these bubbles. We see them. We see them fairly often. And so I asked the question: What do they have in common? I think a couple of things. There's lots of attention placed on these specific cards, um, and um, most of them have a large supply, right? Like uh, there's a lot of them, and people talk about it being something iconic or something really important. Um, I think. When I say that there's lots of attention on them, I, I've become aware of something that I didn't know as of a couple of years ago, and that's the value um, in really pumping cards via Blowout. Um, I look back to when I first joined Blowout, and I, I think I was pretty naive. I talked about um, a lot about, ta- about how I wanted to talk about what I was interested in the hobby, and I still do. This it, It's kind of a hard line to, to walk because I want to use blowout to talk about the things that I like. But I'm aware that that the more that things are in the forefront of people's minds, the more that they're aware of them, the more that they'll end up being worth. And so the tops Steph Curry threads were really vital for those to increase in value the way they did. And, and I feel bad because I think I aided in that back in the 2012-13 flawless set again, I think I was naive. I I really love that set, and I I would argue with people about it, and I I would, you know, take my time to sort of research and give good data behind it, and I talked about it, you know, having the chance to be, like, the best set ever, and uh, really just, I really, like, I was excited for it, but I think in the process of doing that, kind of unknowingly affected, I, I may have unknowingly actually affected the value of the product, um, I think that happens i think that happens with a lot of things and i think in a community that's as small as ours a little thread like that can go a long ways and so we need to kind of beware a little bit of uh, people pumping things um via the forums having said that the forums are to discuss what we like and so we have this real catch-22 because I still want to talk about the things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about what I like, and that is going to be seen as pumping sometimes. I don't know how you get past the two. You know, if you're selling cards at some point, that may make you a pumper, right? I, it's it's hard to know where the line is on that. Um, but like I say, a lot of these have large supply. And they have lots of attention, and that's what the Jordan ha- actually has right now. is it has lots of attention. There's on average about four new threads every day on Michael Jordan rookie cards in the basketball section. That's that's abnormal, right? It's very much on the forefront of people's minds. And here I am doing a podcast, adding <laughs> adding to the you know to the excitement um, of it all. Um, it's also in very large supply and we're going to talk about that in in, in a few minutes. So, you know, there's, I think, I think those are a couple of, a couple of things that add to it potentially being a bubble. Um, What's hard about the MJ rookie compared to those other examples though, is that it, like I mentioned earlier, is a really historically important card. You can't, when you talk about, you know, Larry Johnson rookies or the Modesto A's, Mark McGuire, that's not the same thing. So I think that's where the waters get a little bit muddy. Um, it's hard to it's hard to quantify these things and hard to value um, because no two cards are exactly alike and don't have the exact same specs. I thought of the uh, Ken Griffey upper deck rookie because it's obviously really iconic. Griffey's not Jordan. Griffey's not the Jordan of baseball, and so that's not a perfect example either. But there's I think there's some truth there. Um, I think the other thing that's really hard about this is it's, on, it's hard to get an honest opinion from members of Blowout or from other collectors because there's the haves and there's the have-nots, right? They're the people who have um, an incentive for the card to do really well, and uh, they have the opportunity to make potentially a lot of money off of it. Hopefully those people have already... Made their money off of it because it's gone up so much recently. Um, but you'll talk to somebody. I, I had this happen a little while ago. I won't say names, but I I posted something recently in Blowout that was a really honest question about a set that's decreased pretty dramatically. And one of the guys who's on there, who's a very um, polite member and uh, a guy who I've dealt with in the past said some fairly rude things within the thread. And I thought, that's interesting that he would say that. And immediately it came to my mind, oh yeah, he probably has one of these cards that I'm talking negatively about. And it wasn't a week later, but that um, I saw him in another post talking about that card that he had. So his, his viewpoint of what I was saying... It feels like his, his viewpoint was being affected by his wallet. And that makes sense, right? People don't want to bash something that they own stock in. But that's why the boards are interesting because, and why they're effective. Because if everyone's saying good things about the Jordan rookie, then that's what other people are going to hear. And that's when they're going to go out and they're going to buy. And that's why they're going for so much money right now. I don't think it's all, you know, one person or any group's fault. I don't think it's all totally intentional. Again, I think that there are groups, like I talked about with the PSA 10s. I know that sort of thing has happened in the past. By the way, that is 100% fraud, and that's something that you can go to jail for. So don't do that. <laughs> um, do not do that. Seriously, not good. People yeah. have gone to jail for that sort of thing. And where we're talking about $30,000 cards at this point that's a risk and so um, all i'm saying though is that sort of thing is possible but simultaneously you have this effective Oh, this is going up and i have one let me talk about it let me talk about it let me draw attention to it and when you get enough of that happening at the same time it creates this excitement these up arrows basically everywhere and values continuing to rise and what will eventually happen is enough people in the market Will put theirs out there for sale because they don't because they see the potential for profit and at some point the pumpers and the manipulators will, will not be able to um, will not be able to keep up with that um, and I think that's what's going to happen um, I think most of the people who are owners. Um, have an understanding of the bubble that they're in, but it's hard to leave the party when the party's going, right? Um, and they're sure not going to say anything about it um, while the while the cards are going up because that's not in their own self-interest and we always look out for ourselves. I try to be unbiased as much as I can. I like to say, hey, here's something that I bought that hasn't done very well. Um, and I like to say, yeah, I try to do that, but... But you know we all we all look out for our own po- pocketbook, so I understand why people don't do that. There was another comment in the thread about um, about the Jordan being the modern day Mickey Mantle fifty two tops. Uh, um, and I read that and um, obviously just felt like that was a really uh, that that's not a that doesn't that's not a good comparison. Um, I understand as far as like iconic players and iconic cards, but we're talking about a card that goes back to the glory days of sports cards. When people talk about cards now, if you're talking to a novice, they automatically think you're talking about baseball cards because vintage baseball is the thing, right? The 1952 tops Mickey Mantle card is the card of cards, right? And, um, Tons of them, like basically all of them that are known of have been graded, right? The majority, not all of them, but a huge percentage of them have been graded. Whereas just a piece of the Jordans have been graded. Again, a high high percentage, but not probably as high as the Mickey Mantles. Um, the Michael Jordan uh, PSA, or the Michael Jordan 1986 flare Card, uh, On the population report for PSA, there are 15,728, and for Beckett there are 8,758, giving us a total of uh, almost 25,000 graded Jordans. Now, I will admit that that card, probably more than any other basketball card has been has had a lot of regrades right a lot of people have cracked that and sent it back in and tried to get bumps and so that artificially inflates the population report so although it says that there's almost 25,000 there's probably been there's probably a number of those cards that are on the population report twice and three and four times and so maybe that 25,000 is really a number closer to 20,000 as for mantle, there are thirteen hundred and sixty-six Mickey Mantle, fifty-two tops for PSA, and a grand total of one hundred and thirty-three uh, for Beckett. So there are under fifteen hundred mantles, and uh, I think we can safely assume that there's a large regrade percentage there too. People who have graded BVG and then sent to PSA, vice versa, tried to get the uh, tried to get the bumps, um, and so. There is a um, the, what that again twenty five thousand down to fifteen hundred. So there there are about six percent as many Mickey Mantles as there are Jordans. And so I, you know, keep that in keep that in mind. Like eighty six Flair was very mass produced. The high number series of the fifty two tops was not as mass produced. Tons of cards were thrown away. They're all beat to heck. Um, it's not the fifty two Mantle. Okay, there's plenty of really nice Jordans out there. A huge percentage of them are still in really great shape. Lots of 8s, lots of 9s. I mean, there are are 250-something PSA 10s, I think we read earlier. I mean, think about it like this. There are more PSA 9. There are almost twice as many PSA 9 Jordans as there are Mickey Mantle graded cards total. That's crazy. I mean, it's just... It's just not close, guys. So anyway, I wanted to make that point. And the last point that I wanted to make on this, and I apologize that this has been long-winded and I've been a little bit muddled. I, I've tried to give you guys good data here, uh, um, but it's hard, to, it's hard to put everything on this topic in a half an hour podcast, which I'm sure I'm exceeding at this point. Um, the last thing is something that I mentioned earlier I want to expand on. I keep reading... Nothing safe in the hobby except for Jordan Rookies. And I just, I read that and I just sigh and say, that is exactly the sort of attitude that makes people think that they're putting their money in something that's safe. We're talking about pieces of cardboard. These are never safe. And um, while I'll agree that it's a lot safer than the newer stuff that we have, um, based on the recent ups um, the recent downs I think that compared to those recent ups are possible right so if we've seen things double over the course of the last four months we could see them cut in half just as fast Um, there is not a reason why they've jumped as much as they have again I think there's reasons why they've jumped Think it's an important card, but I don't think it's safe, and I think it's a bubble, and I think it's only a matter of time. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong for those of you guys who I know who have 10 copies of the card. When we've got lots of people hoarding, that's not necessarily a good thing, guys. It's it's 19. You know, again, it reminds me of the home run race. It reminds me of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. It reminds me of Ken Griffey Jr. 19, 1989 Upper Deck Score Fleer Tops. It reminds me of all those times where you know people have gotten greedy and started to hoard. And I, as I always go back to the Warren Buffett quote, "Be fearful when other people are greedy, and greedy when other people are fearful." And I would be fearful right now because there's a lot of people out there who are looking at those Jordans and saying this is it. This is this is surefire. This is not going to decrease in value. And when you've got 25,000 graded Jordans out there, it's hard to imagine that they're truly worth a couple thousand dollars for an eight, more than that for a nine, and $30,000 for a 10. Think about it, guys. Use your brains. As always, thank you guys for listening to the Basketball Card Podcast. I really appreciate you. Hit me at the 27 guy. Uh, Hit me on blowout. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you have any other ideas for the show. Did my best with this. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Appreciate you you if you have a difference in opinion. That's just my take on it. So until next time, happy collecting.